Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God that I'd like to study with you today will have parts from all three of the readings, but we'll focus primarily on our Gospel reading from Matthew 4 and combine that with the Old Testament reading from Genesis 3 as well. Life has become a battle between good and evil. Would you agree? The battle actually started in heaven because Satan was not satisfied with his high ranking as an angel, and so he rebelled. He led any number of the other angels to rebel with him, and so the battle began between good and evil. Satan and the evil angels lost the battle in heaven, and they were cast down to earth where the battle now rages. As we heard already in our first reading from Genesis 3, and as we'll study again in just a moment, Adam and Eve lost the battle against evil. And evil now fills us and our world. As a result, we also lose the battle on a daily basis. Which is exactly why we need a champion. We need someone who is going to come out and fight the devil one-on-one. Someone who is going to resist his every temptation. Someone who is going to pay for our failures to win that battle. Someone who is going to overcome the death that we deserve. Today, God's word reveals that in Jesus, we have a champion. I'd like to take a closer look at the way the devil attacks us in this battle of good and evil. His primary method of attack is temptation. In our Old Testament reading, we have three examples of how Satan tempted Adam and Eve. And then in our gospel reading, we have three examples of how Satan tempted Jesus. I hope to help you see today how those three examples of temptation are similar in both cases, not just between Adam and Eve and Jesus, but in the same way that the devil tempts us today. At the heart of every temptation is doubt. The devil knows that if he can convince you to doubt God or to doubt God's love or to doubt your relationship with God, then he can lead you into disobedience. And that disobedience always leads to death. As we look at the three temptations, we'll see how the devil tempts us to doubt God's provision or providing for us, God's protection, and then God's promises. It's interesting, and Matthew records that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. After he was baptized, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he fasted. And so at the end of them, naturally, he was hungry. Even though Jesus is God and God doesn't need food and cannot suffer hunger, because God became human in Jesus... The devil wanted to take advantage of that situation. And so he said to Jesus, if, which is meant to create doubt all by itself, if you are really the Son of God, Jesus, then turn the stones into bread. 
Because if God is your father, and if God really loves you, then why are you hungry? I mean, what kind of God or father would leave his son to starve to death in the wilderness? And Jesus, if you're really God as you claim to be, then you certainly have the ability to turn the stones into bread. And so if God hasn't provided for you, you're going to have to do it for yourself. In the Garden of Eden, Satan asked, did God really say you may not eat fruit from the trees in the garden? I mean, come on, Adam and Eve. What kind of God creates a a garden full of trees and then tells you you can't eat from one of them? I mean, if God really loved you, wouldn't he want you to have all of the fruit and all of his blessing? If God isn't going to provide for you, you're just going to have to take for yourself what he hasn't given. How about you, Christian? I mean, if God really loved you, why do you have to work so hard to make ends meet? I mean, if God is your father, and and if he is your your loving father, and you are his dear child, then why wouldn't he give you everything that this world has to offer? I mean, why does it seem like the unbelievers are the ones with all the money and riches and wealth and power and influence? Are you sure that you can trust God to provide? Maybe you have to take things into your own hands. You've got to work to get that degree. You've got to get a good job. Make as much money as you can and take for yourself what God hasn't given to you because obviously you can't trust him. Then Matthew records that the devil took Jesus to the high point of the temple and said, okay, Jesus, you trust God. I get it. Well, you know, God says in his word that he will command his angels concerning you to lift you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That's a quote from Psalm 91. So Jesus, if you are really the son of God, and if God really loves you and promises to protect you, then let's find out. Throw yourself off the cliff and we'll see. Or in the Garden of Eden... God said, if we eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden, then we will die. You will not certainly die. I mean, what kind of loving God would punish his children for eating a stinking piece of fruit? Come on. Just try it. Nothing bad will happen. Christian, If God loves you, then why do you get sick? Then why does someone you love have to suffer through disease or prolonged hospital stays? Why did he die? Why is she gone? What kind of loving God allows sickness and disease. What kind of God would threaten to punish people with death? Don't worry about it. Nothing bad will happen. I mean, if you don't go to church for a month or two, it's not like you're going to lose your faith. If you don't obey your parents, they're not really going to ground you for an entire year. That's ridiculous. And if they would, it's not worth it anyway. 
Why bother getting married? You could just live together. And then Satan, in a way that I can't explain, and I hesitate to call it a miracle, Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Satan knew that God had sent his son to reclaim the world. It was God's. He created it. But Satan took over when he brought sin to this world. And Jesus came to take the world back for God. And Satan knew that in order to save the world, Jesus would have to suffer and die. Come on, Jesus, you don't want to do that. I mean, I... It's all mine now, so I'll give it back to you if you just bow down to me one time. Again, what kind of loving God or father would ask his son to suffer and die? In the Garden of Eden, it was, not only will you not certainly die, but Adam and Eve, if you eat the fruit, your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. I mean, trust me, if God's not going to give it to you, I will. Christian, do you really need to follow those commandments? I mean, they're so restrictive. God is taking away all of your freedom and all of your freedom. Listen, forget God. Follow me and I will gratify every desire of your heart and your flesh. It'll be great. You see how Satan tempts you to doubt God's provision, protection, and promises? And how do we respond? We know how Adam and Eve respond, or responded. At first, I think they did really well. I like to give Eve the benefit of the doubt. When the devil asked, did God really say, you can't eat fruit from any of the trees. No, God said we can eat fruit from the trees in the garden. God is good. He created the world. It's all ours. He did say, and, and by the way, it was a warning, not a threat. God did say, don't eat from the tree in the middle or you will die. That was good. It should have ended the conversation. But instead, they kept listening. And the more the devil talked the more Adam and Eve wondered. I, I, I wonder if they looked at each other and like the little emoji. Do you think? I mean, all the rest of the fruit, it does taste good. I mean, this probably tastes good too. God made this tree too, right? And maybe it is desirable for gaining wisdom. Adam, wouldn't it be great if our eyes were open and we could be like God? which is what the devil wanted. And Eve reached out and plucked the fruit. She probably looked at it for a second and maybe peeked at Adam again and she took a bite. She gave it to Adam who was right next to her and he took a bite. And Satan wasn't completely wrong. I mean, the Bible records that when they ate, their eyes were opened. And now they knew what it was like to be evil. And they knew what it was like to suffer evil. 
And their eyes were opened, and all of a sudden they realized they were naked, and they tried to cover themselves up. And, and then when God came calling for them, they hid. Where are you? Uh, well, I was naked, so I was afraid, and I hid. Adam, did you eat the fruit I told you not to eat? Oh, well, that's the woman. You put her here. It's her fault. Well, Eve, did you eat the fruit? It's the serpent's fault. He deceived me, and I ate. Cursed are you, Satan. You will eat dust and crawl on your belly all the days of your life. And God did a, a gracious thing. He promised that a seed of the woman would crush the devil's head. But in the meantime, there will be pain in childbearing and pain between men and women and work would be hard and death would come. How do we respond? Adam and Eve doubted God in their hearts, that led to their disobedience, which brought death, and we do the same thing. Haven't we all wondered, does God really love me? Why is it so hard to make ends meet? Why is there so much sickness and pain and suffering and death? I mean, God could make it all go away. Has he really forgiven my sins? Is there even this place we call heaven? As soon as the doubt enter our hearts, it, James tells us that it, it always gives birth to sin and sin always gives birth to death. Paul confirmed that in our reading from Romans 5. One man sinned and that brought death to all men, all people, because all sinned. And that's the problem is Satan doesn't love you. All Satan wants is to destroy you and it starts with a little question or a little doubt or what about this or what about that and the next thing, we're in full blow in sin deserving nothing but God's wrath and punishment now and forever. That's why we need a champion. We need someone who is going to fight the devil in our place and win. And that's why we need Jesus. Did you notice how Jesus responded? He never doubted, but always trusted God. He proved it because every time the devil attacked him, he responded with, it is written. He trusted that God's word is truth, regardless of what he was seeing or feeling or thinking. I mean, Jesus was hungry. But Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God, Satan, I'm not going to turn the stones into bread because even if I'm hungry, I trust God to provide. Yes, God said that he would command his angels to protect me, but Satan, I'm not going to throw myself off the cliff. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. I don't need God to prove himself to me. And yes, Satan, I came to reclaim, to save the world from you and your evil and your sin. And yes, God asked me to suffer and die to save them. I'm not going to bow down to you because even if I did, you couldn't give me the world. And even when God asked his own son to suffer and die on a cross, he did it because he trusted God to give him life again even after death. Won't you trust God and his word 
every day Satan is going to attack you with these lies. The reason we invite you to come back to church and to Bible study and to read your Bible is so that you can know God's word so well so that when Satan attacks you, you can think and even say, Satan, it is written and I will not believe your lie in spite of what I see or what I think or what I feel. I have to put my trust in God and the proof that I can is Jesus. Because he came, and though he was tempted in every way that we are, he was without sin. Because he died on a cross to take our sins away. Because he rose from the dead and guarantees that there is life after death. This is a battle. An everyday, all-out battle between good and evil. But it's not a battle that we have to win. Because we have a champion. We have a Savior who has already resisted Satan's temptations, not just three in the wilderness, but every day his entire life on earth. We have a champion who has paid for sin, and so that when you receive the body and blood of Christ and God says, your sins are forgiven, that's it, they are. We have a champion that rose from the dead, and so even when you're sick, even when you're suffering, even when you're facing death, your own or someone you love, you know that there is life after death because God said it. And it is written. So the next time you're tempted, you'll realize that you need a champion. But never forget, in Christ, you have a champion. And his victory is already yours. Amen.